In 2016, the IHRA organization adopted a new definition for anti-Semitism. The IHRA organization stands for the International Holocaust Remembrance uh, Alliance Organization, which is an intergovernmental organization that focuses usually on remembrance of and education about the Holocaust. Now, 33 countries are member of this organization. That includes Canada, which joined in 2009. So in 2016, as I mentioned, the IHRA organization adopted a new definition of anti-Semitism. This new definition is actually a new version of a previous definition that was drafted by lawyer Kenneth Stern, and that one was adopted and used for several years. But in this new rendition or this new version of this definition, there is a one main there is one main difference or addition uh, to that definition, and that is the addition of eleven examples that are supposed to illustrate different cases of anti-Semitism. Now, this is the main problem with this new redefinition of anti-Semitism that was adopted by IHRA. And as soon as the definition was adopted, many groups spoke against it, even many Jewish organizations around the world. In 2018, over 40 Jewish organizations around the world released a statement condemning this new definition of anti-Semitism and called it harmful. Now, the main issue with this new definition, like I said, is the examples that were added because seven out of the 11 examples includes criticism of Israel. So the definition through its examples seems to conflate legitimate criticism of Israel with anti-Semitism. Part of the statement released by the 40 Jewish organizations says, and I'm quoting, for from our own histories, we are all too aware of the dangers of increasingly fascistic and openly racist governments and political parties. The rise in anti-Semitic discourse and attacks worldwide is part of that broader trend. At times like this, it is more important than ever to distinguish between the hostility to or prejudice against Jews on the one hand and legitimate critiques of Israeli policies and system of injustice on the other. The statement also warns of a growing trend of legislative campaigns to target organizations that support Palestinian rights, particularly the non-violent BDS movement or boycott, divestment and sanctions movement. So many now raise concern that this definition are raising concern that this definition will only reinforce and provide tools for pro-apartheid activists and advocates to legally intimidate and silence anti-apartheid and anti-occupation groups and activists. It's also important to note that many Palestinian and Palestine solidarity activists have noted as well that none of the examples mentions the none of the 11 examples mentions the rise the rise of the far right movements, white supremacy, white nationalism, neo Nazis, and so on. Despite them being on the rise right now, and despite being the major reason behind the rise of anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic attacks today. But despite this concern. And the potential threat to freedom of expression and the obvious use of this definition by pro-apartheid groups and activists to stifle and intimidate anti-apartheid organization and activists. In June 2019, Pablo Rodriguez, who is the Minister of Canadian Heritage and Multiculturalism, unveiled their new anti-racism strategy called Building a Foundation for Change, Canada's Anti-Racism Stra Strategy 2019-2022. And in this new strategy, the IHRA definition was included. 
Now, it's important to note that the Canadian legislators did not vote on this definition. So this is not a legal adoption of the definition. It is a committee that looks into racism that adopted it as part of their upcoming anti-racism work for the next three years. But since then, several pro-apartheid activists and advocates have tried to pressure city councils throughout Canada to officially vote on and adopt the definition. The first attempt was last August in Vancouver. We did a full interview about that with Neil Naiman from IJV Canada, where we also covered in details the problematic nature of this definition. The attempt in Vancouver, as you remember, have failed after anti-apartheid activists and Palestine solidarity activists and several other groups, including civil liberties groups, labor, labor groups and Jewish groups, protested and managed to convince Vancouver, Vancouver City Council of the problematic nature of this definition. But their attempts are not stopping, and the beginning, at the beginning of November, activists learned that a similar things might be taking place in Calgary. And, uh, and so we learned about this at the beginning of uh, November. And last week, we learned from a statement released by the Independent Jewish Voices Canada or IJV Canada. The statement was called Jewish Group Applauds Calgary for Rejecting Controversial Anti-Semitism Redefinition. And from the statement, we learned that pro-apartheid activists seem to have failed in Calgary as well. So to understand better what happened in Calgary, I have with me on the phone from Calgary, Miriam Mayer. Miriam is from the Calgary chapter of Independent Jewish Voices Canada or IJV Canada. So thank you, Miriam, for joining me today. And um, I guess, uh, as I mentioned in this intro, uh, bad news for Israel advocates, but bad, bad news for pro-apartheid advocates in Calgary last week. Um, so if we can go back from the beginning a little bit and maybe if you can start by talking about how uh, how did you guys learn about this new, about uh, about what is happening in Calgary how did you learn that the IHRA definition might be potentially adopted by the city council in Calgary who brought it in you know what, what happened at the beginning well uh, we we heard that they they were considering the the motion to uh, vote on the redefinition of IHRA, but we didn't have a date. Uh, so two of us wrote, wrote in to two councillors at the city council and uh, explaining our objections, and uh, we didn't hear from them, even though we requested them to tell us, but... Somebody in uh, the anti-racial group who knows one of the counselors really well found out that they were going to have it on their agenda for November the 18th. So we got a whole letter-writing campaign going from all across Canada with uh, pro-Palestinian supporters, including a huge amount of people from IJV, and uh, they were really uh, concerned about all these letters. Right up until the last minute, we didn't know that they were not going to include the, 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 the motion uh, about the IHRA. Uh, it was just at the last minute when we were appeared uh, at the city council all prepared with our speeches, that they had 
deleted that part of the motion, and they were only going to vote on the Holocaust Remembrance Day to declare for the city. And uh, for my observation, the city council and the main introducer of all, of all this was uh, a counselor who had a son in the Hebrew school, and they seemed to be very friendly with the Jewish Federation. However, they just voted on the Holocaust Remembrance Day for the city of Calgary and uh, deleted any reference to the IHRIA, but I am sure they are going to bring it forward again as a motion. Yes, like as you mentioned, so the motion itself wasn't all bad. They were, as you mentioned, they were voting on, on the recognition of International Holocaust Remembrance Day in Calgary and also on more engagement in Holocaust education. But you guys were more concerned about the inclusion of the IHRA definition. If it was included, how do you think that was going to affect Palestine solidarity work in Canada? In, in Calgary, but, sorry. Oh, well, uh, we have a very limited places to have events as it is, and this would be disastrous. Although I'm one of the few Jewish people that get up and speak in public for support of Palestinian uh, solidarity, and I speak also on panels. I'm, I'm pretty well the main speaker, but there are a few other people that are, <clears throat> that are you know in in this uh, uh, in this but uh, for instance we're banned from the University of Calgary and, uh, and when we've had events <clears throat> even <clears throat> at the public library rooms the Jewish Federation or you know the pro-israel people hound the uh, people you know uh, in, who are who have these rooms where we can have our events? So we're very limited now, and uh, if this motion goes through, then they'll they'll silence all of us. And uh, so it, it's very it's very difficult here because there's a very powerful, rich pro-Israel group, and they seem to ha have a lot of influence with their demands. Mm -hmm. When you say you are banned, uh, you said we are banned from the University of Calgary. We as who? You mean uh, you mean yourself or you mean JV Canada or any Palestine solidarity group? Well, uh, uh, most of the pro-Palestinian groups, I'll, I'll give you an example. Last week we had Robert Fisk, the uh, very famous uh, reporter on the Middle East, uh, was booked by the the CJPME, who are you know Palestinian supporters, and they got the room, but they were told very definitely they could not bring up anything about Palestine or any anything that was critical of Israel. And I happened to ask a question in the in that lecture, and I was you know pretty well discounted uh, when I asked of a question about Israel. We believe that uh, Robert Fisk was told not to say anything about that. And uh, 
we we have a we want wanted to sponsor that that particular event and they told us we could not oh and uh, did yeah, robert there, first there, there's a good example of just something recent and so uh, eventually robert fisk uh, and the CG- cjpme event he didn't talk about palestine palestine was not mentioned oh uh, he just made a brief mention uh, but that was all but it was quite obvious when i asked my question that that he he was you know uh told you know that he could not discuss that issue mm-hmm. yeah he he skirted around it a lot and then we found out later that because uh some of us know Tom Woolley the uh head of the CJPME personally you mm-hmm. know so it was sort of unpublished information <laughs> <laughs> and and uh the uh, pro-israel people have had a huge uh well uh you know he, they've silenced a, a lot of the people at, on the campus for instance the student uh group that was uh palestinian solidarity was completely silenced on on campus in the university yeah they weren't allowed to book any any lecture rooms for any any events and uh their their student uh uh organization was just shut down about three years ago so now there's no students uh, palestine solidarity student groups in if, uh, if there is it's pretty well underground <laughs> 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 i know a few palestinian students there and and they were saying they they just couldn't you know they were banned from uh, they were not able to you know get any room so it, it's very difficult here mm. i'm surprised that we even uh got as far as we did at, at the uh with the city council but as i say i'm sure they're i'm sure they're going to revisit that motion because they're getting terrible pressure from bene brit and uh the CIJA and the Jewish Federation, mm-hmm. you know, three big uh, outfits that are very, they're very powerful here. Mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, uh, um, two, the two councillors who brought the motion, including that definition, hoping to have that definition adopted, uh, were Diane Coley-Urquhart and, Jer- yes, yes. Uh, and Jeremy Farkas. And as you mentioned, they eventually amended the motion and excluded the controversial uh, definition. That's different in Vancouver. In Vancouver, the motion was presented by Councillor uh, Sarah Kirby Young, and it was eventually the city council themselves, they voted to refer the motion back to the Committee on Racial and Ethnocultural Equity, and there was no mention of this definition. So there was a vote, and they chose to uh, basically refer uh, refer that question to the committee and they took away the definition in the case of calgary there was no vote my understanding the two people that's right mm-hmm. yes we were right it, there were five of us uh, as a delegation there uh and we sat through the whole you know the whole time frame of that so we know we we were there right there for that whole session and there was no vote on any of that they just dropped it all together and they had sort of a ceremony with the with a whole lot of jewish school children there and showed a video 
and it was the same Diane Colley Urquhart, who the one who had the son in the, in the Hebrew school, that introduced that. And this Jeremy Farkas was a professor uh, at the University of Calgary in Israel studies. Mm-hmm. So he's very pro-Israel. And why do you think so? Why do you think at the end they amended this uh, motion and they excluded the definition they wanted to put in? Uh, I think because they didn't want to have a debate uh, at, at that particular time when the, when they had those children there from the Jewish school and they just wanted to have sort of a nice program for that i i really don't know because it was very last minute we were actually on the premises when we were told that it was called the whereas clause that was in there had been dropped mm-hmm. and did you get any reactions from pro-apartheid groups did they also show up did you get any back- oh yes there was a huge uh, there was quite a crowd of them they they i know who they are <laughs> so they 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 look at me like i'm a terrorist or a traitor or something like that <laughs> and um, then i had to there was a friend of mine who is a palestinian uh, person who's a great organizer and then a another uh man from the muslim community who's also a excellent organizer for Palestinian cultural events and things like that. Uh, and another Jewish man and uh, an, my, another main organizer who did a lot of the uh, um, the communications work. So there were five of us there. And then there was a lot of these uh, Jewish Federation people that were very friendly with the mayor included. (laughs) So, um, as I mentioned um, uh, at the beginning in the intro, on the federal level, um, the definition was included in the government new anti-racism strategy for 2019 and 2022, but it's important to note that this doesn't mean a new legislation was created. According to the National Post, Megan McDermott, who is a staff counsel for the British Columbia Civil Liberty Association, which spoke out against this definition, she said that she worried it could eventually be incorporated into the criminal code. She says, and I'm quoting, it's kind of what we would call soft law for now. We just worry about the whole floodgates argument. So, like I said, like uh, she is explaining, it's not part of the criminal code. There's no legislation uh, legislation in Canada that adopt this definition. But are you guys worried that if you don't continuously speak against it and push back against it, it might eventually become a serious problem in Canada? Y- yes, once they get the foot in the door, we'll go further. And the main danger is that the whole idea changes the narrative of what Israel is doing. The whole aim is protecting Israel so that the general public think of Israel as the victim and, you know, not the persecutors. So it's a very clever tactic, but it's very dangerous. And as the professor of Holocaust studies that Hebrew University is Dr. Amos Goldberg. 
this is what he said. He he's uh, very much against the definition, and uh, he thinks that that it would it'll do harm, you know, for real anti-Semitism, you know, attacks against a, a Jewish institution or a person. It confuses the whole issue. And it's just the same complaint that, you know, to try and silence BDS, uh, it's a tool to silence the uh, people like us, the people who speak out against Israel and its crimes. And as I say, trying to change the narrative for the general public. We have the liberal and the conservatives pushing usually... um you know, speaking for Israel and defending Israel and try to stifle Palestine solidarity voices. The NDP did speak up and raise concern about the definition. They said that, quote, it could be a threat for people who legitimately denounce grave human rights abuses by the government of Israel against Palestinians. Um, I'm not sure. Did you guys hear from other parties, uh, the Green Party? Did they open? Uh, did they said anything about this definition? And uh, do you think that the danger is real? Do you think the liberal government will be potentially pushing for this definition to be adopted? Well, well, uh, there's certain there's certain strong people in in the Liberal Party, the MP, House Father, and. Levitt uh, are the main ones that, that and then Erwin Kotler, who, who have a lot of power. And, of course, the liberal government as a whole is, is, is very sympathetic to, very pro-Israel. And uh, so it, I, I'm sure, you know, that, you know this is going to go on for a long time. But I really think, I think especially the Jewish organizations like IJV and and uh, if not now and those people we're making an impact because we know we're credible people and uh, a lot of us lived in Israel I I happen to have lived there and worked there and I worked with Palestinian people and uh, so you know People like us make some difference. I know when I talk individually to people that I know, they they really are, you know, they really listen and they really, some of them have changed their minds, you know, because they get more of the the facts. And uh, and I know it's very effective. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we just have to keep on with it. So now the motion in Calgary was amended and the definition wasn't passed. So that's good news. But as you said, you worried that they will come back again with another motion just for this definition. Oh, oh yes. I, I'm sure they will because they're getting huge pressure from the, those uh, organizations, uh, those pro-liberal, uh, pro-Israel uh, lobbies. As a matter of fact, one of them, the CIJA, gave the impression that the IHRA resolution was passed. And uh, so we're all, you know, <laughs> we're all uh, getting on their case about that. <laughs> and uh, the B'nai Brit also published uh, uh, an article in the, in the uh, Calgary Herald, which is our main paper. So I wrote them and said, you know, 
gave him a piece of my mind <laughs> about the whole thing too. <laughs> so if people want to get informed more, <clears throat> I know IJV, uh, IJV Canada uh, started a campaign called No IHRA. Um, if people yeah, want, right. If people want to get more informed about the IHRA definition, why it's problematic, and, even, and if people want to help you guys with the efforts you are making across the country to fight it, how can they do that? Well, uh, I, th I think the best thing, as I say, we've got a, a really good website uh, on uh, uh, IJVCanada.org, and then you click on No IHRA.ca. Uh, uh, that, that is one of the best presentations I've seen. Uh, I urge people to, to, do, to go on to that website. It, it, it's, it's really good. Mm -hmm. With me on the phone from Calgary, Miriam Mayer. Miriam is from the Calgary chapter of the Independent Jewish Voices Canada. Thank you very much, Miriam, for talking to me today. It's a pleasure. Anything to uh, uh, help the Palestinian solidarity, they have to know that we, we are uh, doing our best to help with, with their cause, really. My name is Sausan Kadura, and you are listening to Under the Alp Tree.